If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. I'm here with my really good friend, my neighbor, my mentor, a great example, Marla Beach. Thanks for being here, Marla. Oh, it's fun. It's fun to be on your podcast. I got to be on your podcast, which was such a treat. And so thank you for being here with me. Oh, it's a great treat. I love it. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about your business. And really, even before we even talk about the business, just tell me a little bit about yourself. What inspired you to start something? Well, first of all, I'm... A 50-year-old wife and mother of four kids that are pretty much all on their own. I mean, I have one in high, that's a senior in high school, and my other kids are all grown up. And so um, that's my driving force. Is that That's my center, is that I'm a wife and a mom. But as I was, what drives me to do what I do, I guess, is comes from a place of where I lost connection with myself when I went through a really hard time of depression and had to climb my way out of it. And I didn't do it alone. I got medical help. And then I, as I was getting out of that, I just started feeling these pulls to try. I'd always, my husband and I had owned a business about 15, 20 years, 20 years ago. And then I always wanted to do it again. And so I, when I was trying to get myself out of my depression, I started learning these things that I would try and fail and try and it would be good. And then I'd try and tweak. And when I put all those things together, I just felt pulled to share them with other people. So that's what drives me to do what I do. And it's kind of uncomfortable sometimes because it's I put myself out there where sometimes I don't feel like I should be. <laughs> Marla, I love hearing people's whys. Because when you know what motivates someone, kind of what makes them tick, it makes so much sense that they're passionate about certain things. And what I really admire about you is the fact that you have gone through a process, like we all do. But a lot of us, I think, struggle alone and go through those processes alone, and we don't really, we don't take it and we don't magnify it necessarily. It might help us in the moment, which is fantastic. But what you're doing is you're magnifying what you've learned. And I think that's a beautiful gift that you're willing to share with people. That's really kind. And it's very inspiring to me. I've always known you as someone who's super talented. You can sew, you can organize, you are very, very intelligent, um, you're a great mom. I did not know you're also a great teacher, and and you are, and this is what you're doing. So you're doing coaching. Tell us a little bit about Hunky Dory Connections. Okay, well, what I do is I I have, in that process, I created this method. I call it the Unique Connection Method. Of that is what helped me to get out of my depression. But as I was teach, I started teaching it as a course, and I had all these different women that would come, and they weren't people that had been depressed, but they were people that were making a shift from a hard transition in their life of some kind. You know, they were caregivers of aging parents. They were um, retired. They, you know, just all these different places. And I noticed that this 
method I was teaching was not just specific to one thing. And so I started, as I was teaching this course, I started offering one-on-one time together that we could, I would, if they had questions or something that they wanted to ask me, and then I would just find that I could apply this method to what they were going through. And as we were doing it one-on-one, it just got better. Is all I can say. It just Makes like sense. I would see the the changes that it would make, and in all the different ways, and so that's why I started doing one on one coaching. But it all has to do with how we connect to who we are, what we, how we believe in ourselves, how we love ourselves. That's where ultimately it all starts from: is the love that we have for ourselves, which is why I had had such a hard time, is I didn't have that. Anyway, so that as that connection with ourself happens, then we're able to go out and dream bigger and Mm -hmm. to find things that we want to do. And what I mean is we can do it, but it makes us better able to help those around us, which is what I love because, as I said, my core is my family. And when I apply what I learned to helping them, then I'm more of myself. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I found with all these women, too, is that when I would talk to them and they learned to trust themselves and Mm -hmm. love themselves more, then they went out to the people in their lives and were able to connect with them better and love and support them better. Which makes so much sense. I remember one time um, my husband's friend is a therapist, and I went to him, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, and, and he said, so how are you doing, Tammy? And he said it was such love and such caring. I burst into tears because up until that point, I didn't feel like anyone really cared about how I was doing. And I just remember sitting there <laughs> feeling really embarrassed and silly, but just crying, Marla. And I couldn't stop crying because I, I hadn't really thought about how I was doing and I wasn't doing very well. You know, I had young kids. And we were in the throes of starting a business, and life was stressful, and we had these responsibilities and all this pressure, and and it was just, it was a hard thing. And so what I love about your programs are that, that you, like you said, you're taking what you've learned for yourself, and then you're asking people and encouraging people to give back. And, to, and it gives them permission to, to, number one, feel okay, to be proud of who you are, and to be able to take the time that you need for yourself, which we don't do. We don't. We absolutely don't. And it's not a bad thing. Like, I believe that women are created in the way that they want to nurture other people. I think being a nurturer is a gift, but I don't think we turn it and nurture ourselves with that same love and compassion that we give to everybody else. And like listening to what you said makes me cry because I totally relate to how that feels. And Mm -hmm. I would say, I haven't met many women that don't feel like that because we do. We want to give and give and give. And when we don't give that back to ourselves too, then we don't have as much to give. I mean, it makes sense when you say it, but when you're in the throes of it, right. we don't never think it of it. It's true. What I really love also is the fact that I think a lot of um, modern therapies or modern modern philosophies, I guess I should say, is that, oh, you haven't taken time for yourself. Now you need to leave your family. You need to leave your husband. You need to leave your life and start anew and just focus on you. And that's not the message that that most of us really align with. And that's not the message that makes us feel good. 
And it's not really what we want. No. But we do want permission to be able to nurture ourselves in our situation with our families in our lives. I think it's a natural thing, too, to want it to mean something. Like, I'm not just taking time for myself because I'm being selfish. And that's what most people think that it is. Right. And for me, it just it clicks something in my brain that it just means that I have more to give. Where before I just thought, well, I can love people. I can love people just fine and mm-hmm. not care about myself at all. Because I really didn't. And I really thought I was. But I wasn't doing it as my true self. Because I wasn't I wasn't taking care of me and I didn't love me and I didn't see my, my gifts and my talents and how I'm unique and how that's okay. That I don't have to serve people the same way everybody else does. And we just all do it differently. So that was another thing, too. It was sort of an aha moment. Oh. I was, as you're talking, I wanted to ask you, so at what point in your life, maybe age-wise, did you realize, okay, something's missing. I'm going through the motions, but maybe not feeling great about it. Well, okay, so I'm almost 51. I would say I went through my depression uh, about 15 years ago, and it took about five years to get to that. So I guess around between in my early 40s. Okay, where a lot of people... Yeah. In fact, I was talking a lot about it before that. And oh, no, I was in my... It was more early 30s. Was it? Sorry, yeah. I was talking to a therapist friend of mine, and she's like, that is an actually a very normal time where we start right. looking at things a little bit differently and... Life just kind of starts taking on a new thing. So, yeah, around, you know, mid-30s, about. Early Mm -hmm. 40s. I can't add. (laughs) Well, I was uh nodding my head going, wait, that makes you kind of old. (laughs) Wait, how did you get 65 already? Wait wait a second. (laughs) You don't look 65. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, Well, I think it's it's really a neat. uh, What I like about human development is that we all do sort of have this timeline where development Mm -hmm. occurs. But for a lot of us, a lot of people out there, they're, they're not able to make that connection. They're not able to stop themselves. So what made the difference for you where you were really able to say, okay, I'm in this place. I don't like how this feels. I need the courage to step out of it. Oh, that's a hard one because I don't think I felt like to be to step out of it. I didn't have what it took. I didn't feel like I had what it took. It was, I don't know, it was just something in, it was inside me, but I was really I have to say blessed to be mm-hmm. surrounded by people that helped me to get um, to those things. To Good. like, Yeah, I could read books, but it was like the real people and all their different strengths that, that I allowed them to help me. Good. You know, like I, it was, it was, that's what it was. It was just, your, I just your feel friends. like friends, people put in my life that helped me to see different things at different times. Like, I don't think I would ever have gotten help in the first place if my husband hadn't noticed something different in my voice when he called one day. Really? So, you know, there's just little things like that I could say all along the way. That's really neat. Those simple, sweet miracles. Absolutely. The interventions that come into your life. Yes, definitely. What, What made you decide then to be able to turn what you've learned into a business and in a way to empower other people? Well, that one's hard, too, because it's all really uncomfortable. I said that at the beginning. It's like I would just get these ideas, and I'd be like, well, why would I? Why would anyone want to listen to me talk about that? Or, you know, um, one of the main things was I was selling traveler's notebooks, which are books that you can move things in and out of, uh, 
notebooks and I was just creating my own systems by the things that I was learning. And I loved creating those. I loved sewing them and I I loved, I started focusing on, I want to make them unique because everybody's unique. And then I started realizing that the reason I loved these notebooks so much was because of the things that it was holding. It was holding all the different parts of this method that I that I now teach. And so I started talking about that in conjunction with the notebooks because that was just a way I could... To, to was, organize your life, to... Okay. Yeah, and it was a way to sell them and market them because mm-hmm. I was trying to learn how to do that as well. And then I would feel these little tugs like, I don't even, you know, just like little promptings to do do it in a different way. And it would just, it just started kind of building on that. So it's been uncomfortable all along the way. Like, I remember when we were creating my website, my husband makes the, my website, and he he's like, so do you want to have a blog on? I'm like, oh, I'm never going to blog. And he's like, oh, and do you want to be able to podcast? I'm like, oh, I'll never do that. And I've done and all of it. <laughs> because and it's just added a little at a time. Yeah. But but I think overtime is is the key. Oh, yeah. To, to oh, just yeah. jump into it all at once thinking, okay, and I'm going to do this and this and this. So overwhelming. So overwhelming. I still feel overwhelmed, but it's just been a little at a time, yeah. And it's just been a natural progression of things. So what did you yeah. start first with? You started first with your traveler's notebooks. Yes. And then that... Then I started um, when I was learning all the different things, like I would start talking about how to prioritize your time because i that's what I needed to do first. I had to decide... Was I going to just put everybody else's priorities on my calendar and let them tell me what needs to be done? Or am I going to decide what I want to do and what I feel is most important and then write that on my calendar, which mm-hmm. turned out to be a lot of the same things, but I just looked at it differently. Like helping at the kids' school used to be what the teachers asked me to do, but then it was more my kids are my priority. I want to go to the school and help them. So that's the where mindset. it started was that. So some time management things and then working through the way that my my thought process would go. I learned how to do this thing called journaling and I started doing that. So I started talking more about that. And so each thing just built upon another. You know, as we're talking, I'm thinking my my whole experience of going into a therapist was about 15 years ago. So it's very true. And I'm your age. Yeah. So, you know, we develop at a certain age, but what really makes the difference is being able to to come out of it on the other side, not that it's a phase, but just sort of to work through those feelings. Yeah. And with your classes, I really appreciate the, f- I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. I love your podcast because it's fun and you're so real and you're genuine. And it really takes a lot of courage to start things like that. So what gave you the courage to be able to say, okay, I've got a message. I want to share it. <laughs> because with, with my podcast, I get to talk about other people and ca- yeah. talk to other people. With yours, you're really taking what you've learned and you're sharing a message, believing in what you're saying and what's worked for you. Yeah, how did I get the courage for yes, that? Yes, how did you get the courage? Because I have people I all, the, all the time say, oh, I want to do something, and they just don't. I think it was more that I didn't want to be disappointed in myself because it just kept nagging at me. Like, it, I didn't want it hanging over my head or... The courage came because I just kept trying something different, a little bit harder or a little bit stronger and following just like those things. And I don't know. Those little promptings. That's what it was. It was just all these little promptings and everything just seemed really big. Mm -hmm. And I ended up taking this class one time and I, I couldn't decide how to move forward on anything. And I just remember one time the teacher said, 
just figure out something you can do in 15 minutes and do that. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And then the things that I could do just started getting a little bit bigger. And okay, so I will give this example. So about two years ago, I learned that if I wanted more people to look at my, the stuff I was selling, that I needed to work with that algorithm. I can't even say it right algorithm like on Facebook if you wanted people to be able to see it, you had to show up all the time so it's that live broadcast were the right, things that's really that got people to see it deal. would show your stuff more because I had a group of people that liked my traveler's notebooks on Facebook but I was starting to teach a little bit and I wanted them to start teaching that so I was like I guess I have to start doing Facebook lives I was terrified <laughs> so the <laughs> first one that I did I wrote out everything like I typed it all out, every word, and I and I memorized the first, you know, the first five minutes or something. something of it. I remember I was running on the treadmill and I was practicing. I had it all memorized, and I got on there and I was so nervous. And I me- said it memorized, and then I had all these papers up on the wall, like what to say next. Mm-hmm. And then I did that every week, and pretty soon I got to where I could just know what the ideas I wanted to talk about, and I started being able to just talk. So from that experience over, I would say, two years, I was like, I just dared to try something. And the more I did it, the easier it got. So I guess that's how. And everything has been like that, terrified to do every single thing, to start the podcast, to... What was your th- what was your thought process before you published your first live? Was it, this is... <sighs> this might be horrible or this is going to be okay or my thought process honestly was there's probably not anybody watching this anyway so this is a great time to practice okay good. because it's true like nobody got on there i was talking to myself it's, why was i so nervous nobody's listening and i had heard that before like the best time to practice is when nobody's listening so you just start because nobody's watching them anyway mm-hmm. And they were absolutely right. Well, Marla, that's good. But that, I mean, it's so scary. And I applaud you. I've known you for probably, what, 12, 13 years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of always thought you were a little bit more shy. Oh, that's funny. And yeah. and I didn't realize how, and maybe you still are a little bit shy, but I think you're pretty extroverted. I think for the most part, people would say I'm extroverted. Yeah. What would you say about yourself? I would say that I'm introverted extrovert. Extrovert, okay. <laughs> because I like to... I like to be with people, but I really enjoy my time to think and to be alone, too. And so I can't decide if I get more regenerated being around people or not. Or not. Okay. I can't decide. So you're kind of just really in that middle. Yeah. So for anyone out there listening that's a little nervous, you don't have to be overly extroverted to do no. something incredible. And, and it's okay if you're a little bit introverted as well. Yeah. Because Facebook Lives are a big deal. I've done a couple of videos, and it is. It's nerve-wracking to watch yourself after. Mm-hmm. And, but it's interesting to find out what people are thinking as they do it, because that's really what's telling. Yeah. You know, if you're just at the point at, at which you say, OK, it's OK. No one's watching. It's good practice. No matter what, it's going to be over soon. Yeah. Or or if it's just so debilitating with this fear of, am I going to be judged and are people going to laugh? But just Well, that is a big part of it, too. To do it anyway. like every week when I put out a podcast or I do a little thing called Tip Tuesday on Instagram and I, I do. I, I always have that little bit. Are people going to think I'm stupid or because or that I'm saying things that really don't matter? But then I think about those that it, it does do matter. Mm-hmm. I think about people that that's where I try to get my brain to go is I try to think about, OK, what if this could help one person? 
what if 10 people do watch this? If 10 people were in my home Mm -hmm. and we were sitting down together and I felt like we were having a really great conversation and that people felt good and I felt good and if it's only that many people, it's totally worth my time. That's beautiful. So that's where I more go, I let my thoughts go these days is that, no, I don't have a big following and I don't have tons of people that want to take my classes yet or that listen to my podcast. And that's yet. And I'm hoping yet, Mm -hmm. but that's it. If it's only 10 people, and and I know that it is, believe it or not. Like, I I know that at least 10 people watch the things that I do, and I know that it helps. And for me, that's 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 enough. That's enough. Yeah. And that's really neat because you're you're reaching the one because someone reached out to you. Absolutely. And it was probably one person at a time. Yes, it absolutely was. That made every difference in your life. And I'll say this too, like that one person that really helped me during that, <clears throat> excuse me, that depression time, she's somebody that took one of my classes and I was able to help her in a different way, which totally blew my mind because I always thought that, you know, she was so above me in the, in the things that she was able to help me with. And yet I had something that has ultimately helped her with something too. And that's a big message that I've want people to know too is that we all have something and they're all different but we can all help each other in different ways if we just open up a little bit more about it and that's a big thing that I believe too if we just open up a little bit more with each other we can we can help because we're, we all have different life experiences all of us and true. no okay. matter where we are like honestly People could think, well, Tammy Tran's the mayor, so she's, like, way above me. And the truth is that I know Tammy Tran as a person that really cares about people and has a viewpoint of things in a different light that if you just got to know her, you would know more about her and that you would have an exchange with each other that would help both sides if you don't hold back. Thank you. And that's what's so meaningful is having these these one-on-one conversations, getting Mm -hmm. to know the person behind the video or the person yeah. behind, you know, to really know what motivates what motivates you and helps you. Yeah. In terms of your one-on-one coaching, Marla, you're fun to talk to. So I would, you know, I just think it's valuable just to sit and talk to you. But do people come with a specific need or did they sign up for the classes and there's a topic? Well, there's classes with topics. Okay. And then the, the one-on-one is where we can get more specific about what their situation is. Okay. So... It starts out using the methods that you learn in the class. It can, or I can teach it one-on-one without the class, too. And I call the class Unique Connection. So that's a whole course you go through and you learn these methods that I learned that helped me. And then the one-on-one coaching, we can apply those methods specifically to what each person is going through. And we could go for six weeks on one thing by just talking. In fact, one girl that I work with We've talked more about relationships, and that's not anything to do with my class, but because we can apply the methods to her situation, it helps with that. So Perfect. that's how it works is I have classes that lead up to it, but we can just do it one-on-one too. That's what we're missing, don't you think? Especially after the pandemic and the COVID and, and all of the isolation that people have felt. I think it's really more obvious that we're just missing the personal connection with people. Absolutely. Sitting down with somebody. Are your are your classes in person? Are they over Zoom? They're over Zoom. Okay, perfect. They're, most people aren't in my neighborhood that want 
that, that you know that want to have that connection. But I would do it one on one in person. I think that would be fun. But they live right now. So far, it's been all on Zoom. It's on Zoom. Um, just having that focused attention. People, is people so need nice, it so it? We do. We thrive much. with it. Yes. We, we do. In it. fact, it helps to, it's almost just like you're talking to somebody and you can hold up a mirror and say, look at how good you're doing. Mm-hmm. They just need somebody to hold that mirror up and say, I see who you are and I see that I understand what you're going through and I want to help if I can. And sometimes it's just listening. Sometimes you just need somebody to listen to you. It's true. And we're so busy and we're so, you know, we feel like we're connected. We've got all of these social media, but it's such a shallow connection. It's, it's not real. It's not real at all. And and I think we're missing that. And, you know, going to a traditional therapist is so, there's so much stigma, and there shouldn't be, but there, but there, there really is. is still. And so having the ability to talk to someone on a professional counseling sort of connection level is probably so nice for people. Yeah, they feel like they're not taking up your personal time because it's your, it's what you do. It's, it's your business. Offer, it's your business. Mm-hmm. But they can talk about personal things. And that, and also that you're a safe place. That's what I've loved is that the ladies that t- I talk to feel like they're in a safe place because I don't know their mom, <laughs> right? Exactly. I don't know their boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know their dad. You know, I can come at it from a whole other level or a different mm-hmm. viewpoint and just and just help and just them. Help. And what's great about what you're doing is you're giving them a system. Yes. So it's not just girlfriend talk. No, it's, it's not girlfriend talk. That's I. My girlfriends would probably be annoyed if I talk like <laughs> I do the people that I mentor. But it's it's different. Yeah, it's good. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the systems, or just sort of a highlight of kind of what they can learn? Yeah, that um, it's starting your day off with a purpose, and you get to decide that purpose is. One of the things we talk about, um, deciding ahead of time how you want to feel in a situation. That's Love a that. that's a method that we that I that I teach. Um, there's I already touched on priorities and how important that was to me is defining your priorities. I have a whole system to teach you how to define what your priorities are, because a lot of people like in our age that are becoming empty nesters mm-hmm. don't. We've, we don't you know who we, we don't know how that. we like our eggs. <laughs> Nobody knows what they want because mm-hmm. you've just done what everybody else wants. And so defining your priorities um, and then taking those priorities and creating the life you want by those priorities and taking hold of that. That's a whole thing you I have to learn how really to do. Long yeah. process. And then I teach people how to journal and to learn what they're to see what they're thinking. And taking that and connecting to yourself and becoming your own very best friend because you can rely on yourself no matter what. So those are some of the main things. Well, the thing that I really liked is, you know, I I know you talk about making yourself, like making commitments to yourself and keeping them. Yes. That's probably the most fundamental, obvious thing out there. But it's not really. It's not obvious. It's not obvious. And I didn't even realize it until I started doing it. I started saying, okay, I'm going to drink this much water before I let myself have a soda. And nobody else knew that I made that commitment, but it actually helped me to have more Mm self-esteem. It seems so silly. Because you're proud of you, the fact that you did it, you followed through. Yeah. And, you know, that was the very first one I ever did, but I have lots of commitments that I keep to myself and they, they do. They help me to become, I just more proud of myself and have more self-esteem because of it. It's really, it's really true. 
It's I so mean, fentanyl, but it, it you're is, right. You don't think about it. It seems so basic, but it's it's so fentanyl. Even setting ourselves up, you know, I'm going to go to the gym. Well, I, I I didn't go to the gym, so now all day long I have to feel guilty about not going to the gym, mm-hmm. or just lying to myself about you know I'm not going to eat chocolate, and then at ten o'clock I do. You know, making right. those commitments because it's a commitment I would keep to somebody else. Absolutely. If I told someone else I'm going to show up for something, I show up. But making yeah. ourselves that priority is so important. Yes, it changes everything about how you feel about yourself. In yeah. terms of self-confidence, like you said, which so many people are lacking. We're all lacking. Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. we would. We would do it for anybody else. So why wouldn't we do it for ourselves? And it's true. That's why it's, it's more powerful than we realize. Tell me about your um, just setting up the business in general. So you decided you wanted to have a business because I talked to a lot of people and a lot of people would love to be self-employed, but they don't take that next step. Yeah. Did you have a, did you, I, I know your husband helps you with a lot of the software in the back end. Yeah. What gave you the courage to say, okay, I'm doing this. I'm setting it up. It's one little piece at a time. Just So like we had had that business before and I just oh, did so all the creative of end of okay. it. And my husband did all of everything. And then he did not enjoy that. So if I was going to start a business, I had to do it all on my own. Okay. So he did eventually build my a website for me. But that was after I set up. First, I, I did a little Etsy shop. And that was that was stressful for me because I didn't know how to set up all the little things. But I just did a little just, bit at a time. Okay. That's what I would Those do. 15 minutes of what can you do now. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And then I just, you know, then I when I wanted to start reaching more people. I had to set up how to learn how to do an email service provider. And that, like, oh, I am not a techie person. And so I was so stressed out with all of that. And I just did a little at a time, watched YouTube videos, tried to figure out how to do it. And I would just troubleshoot and just did a little at a time. And now that is not even a big deal to me anymore is how that all works. But I look back and I'm like, oh, I was such a mess. Same thing with Facebook, you know, making a Facebook group and trying it out. And like I would put my daughter in a Facebook group and I would call her and we'd figure out how to do it. You know, just little, there's all little ways to troubleshoot it. It honestly is trial and error. But just having the courage to do it is impressive. Just little bits at a time, Mm -hmm. though. And having somebody to ask, like I would help anybody that had a question for sure. Because I still have a ton to learn. But well, Marla, you're successful. I mean, you are. You've done it. You followed through. I bet you're feeling really proud of yourself, which I you am, should. I am proud of myself. Now, it depends on what people's definition of success is. Do I make a lot of money? No, but my, I have learned a ton. Well, success is the fact yeah. that you followed through. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I, you kept those commitments to yourself. Yep, absolutely. That's You're right. I do feel successful in that way because yeah. I, if I say I'm going to do it, I do it. Right. And I mean, just to be able to know in our hearts that we will follow through is a big deal. And it, it increases your confidence and it makes you a role model for other people. Well, so I really admire this. If it's enough for my kids, then I've, that's, that's really good. <laughs> and you're helping so many people. So, how can they find you and how can they find your classes? Well, I have everything under hunkydory.com. That's where everything is. That was the name of my traveler's notebooks. And I, it still fits if you ask me, but now I call it Hunky Dory Connection. But the website's hunkydory.com. On there, you can. There's links to get to the classes that I teach. There's I have lots of online classes that are you can just watch them right then. Then there's places to sign up for mini mentor sessions is what I call them. They're just 15 minutes so we can work together for a little bit and see if you like 
the see dynamics between us. See if it's a good fit for both of you. See if we're a good fit. And then I call it my self-connection um, coaching. And there's a place where you can register for that too. My podcast is on there. My podcast is called Overburden No More. But you can get find all of that on hunkydory.com too. Awesome. Well, thank you, Marla. Thanks for having me, Tammy. It's been great. To all my podcast listeners, thank you for listening. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Please leave comments and please leave suggestions for future guests. And most importantly, subscribe. Thank you.